have, I was really. So this is exciting, right? Because this is the last bra. It's a long one, but this is the last one. All right. Baruch Atoh Hashem. You are the source of all bracha, the loving and omnipotent creator of the world, who always was, is, and will be. Elokeinu, you are in control of all powers, and you are our God. Melech HaOlam, the king of the entire universe. Hama'avir, Lahavir. okay, so La'avor is to cross over. Right? Like to cross the Jordan River, right? Lavor Thayardin. Okay. So Lavor is to cross over. Lahavir is to cross someone over. So I don't, I, it, you know, they say that in he, they, they translate that into English all the time. Kids will say, Can you cross me the street? You've heard that, right? It doesn't really work in English to say to cross someone else over, but whatever that would be in English, to, ca- to cause something to pass over from one side to another. So Hama'avir Sheina Me'enai, who causes to, who removes is what you would really say in English, but it doesn't mean to remove. It means to cause it to pass sleep from my eyes, who passes sleep away from my eyes. Usenuma, and Suma is really drowsiness, Me'afapai, from my eyelids. <coughs> now this bracha does not end here. This is a bracha arichta, which is why when it says vihiratzon and it should be your will, it's with an and. It's not just yihiratzon. Okay, the paragraph afterward is a new paragraph and it says yihiratzon. This is vihiratzon because it actually continues. And in fact, I just, I mean, I came across it in a number of different places, but um, I, I'm looking to see if I just have the source right here. Oh, like the Yaivitz says in the Siddur Yaivitz, he's like, it's really not nice what you see that there were, have been a lot of publishers who print Sidurim and they print it with space in between. Now, as a matter of fact, mine is like that. Okay? This has like become the traditional thing that they print a space between the bracha. No, yours is not probably separate, right? Yours is attached. I have this. You have art scroll. And it tells you that it's Right, so mine says, do not say amen after this bracha because that's not the end of the bracha. Actually, you have to say yehi ratzon and get to the end of hagomel chasadim tovim lamo Yisrael. So if you're hearing someone else say brachos, don't say amen until they get to the hagomel chasadim tovim lamo Yisrael at the end there. Right, this one says that It's all one bracha. Okay, in mine there's like a big gap and they just fill the gap by telling you there's not meant to be a gap, basically. The Yavitz is kind of complaining and saying it's really not nice that the publishers have gotten accustomed to leaving a space in the middle because the nusach of the bracha achas hi. It is one blessing that continues to the end. In the same way that tefillah saderach goes from the Yavitzan all the way to the end or asher yatzer starts with a bracha and ends with a bracha. This is actually one long bracha. So today we're just going to focus on the first piece, the bracha part, but we need to know that it's all actually one bracha. It's, thank you, Hashem, for causing sleep to pass from my eyes, and may it be your will, Hashem, our Lord, God of our forefathers, that you accustom us to your Torah and cause us to cling to your mitzvos. And don't bring us, not through sin, not through Aveira and Avon, different levels of sin, not through trials, tribulations, or shame. And don't allow our Yetzir Hara to control us and keep us distant from bad people and bad friends and cause us instead to cling 
to a good inclination and to good deeds and nudge our souls, our, uh, sorry, our inclination to be subservient to you and give us this day and every day grace and kindness and mercy in your eyes and the eyes of all who see us and do for us good, good chasadim. Blessed are you, Hashem, who does good chesed to his nation, Israel. That's all one bracha. Now, it's important to know it's one bracha because it will bring up a lot of questions that we're going to try and touch on, such as if you have a long bracha, a bracha arichta, this is called bracha arichta, where you have an opening bracha, which is long, and it says in detail what you're thanking Hashem for, like benching, right? First paragraph of benching, same thing. Actually, every paragraph of benching. And then the closing bracha is a short one, Baruch Ato Hashem, and says in just a few words, it sums up the whole thing that you just thanked for, which means the opening of a long bracha and the closing of a long bracha always must match. They should be the same topic. It's one bracha. Okay, so I'm just going to look back to Asher Yatzah because it's very familiar. Thank you, Hashem, who created a person with wisdom and all different you know, cavities and organs, and you know that they all have to function properly or we couldn't stand before you. Thank you, Hashem, for healing all flesh and doing wondrous things. Healing all flesh and doing wondrous things is a short version. It's not a duplication, but it's basically a concise way of saying what we just said. Here, it's a little harder to see that, because I started by saying, thank you for making me not be sleepy. Uh-huh. And I ended with like a whole thing about like help me do good and not do bad and that's chasadim tovim. So it's not obvious at first glance how this is one bracha even though it is one bracha. Like who composed a bracha like that? And why did they think that those things were the same? As always when you see the question and you don't know the answer that's where you know that you have an opportunity to learn something because it means you didn't, there's something missing so there's something to learn. Okay. So the Gemara says, and actually, I did do handouts again, although this source sheet maker often has errors. So nobody should be dominating from them. All right. And we're not going to, I'm not going to read the whole Gemara, but the Gemara says, Kimashe ape, when a person touches his face, washes his face in the morning, Lima, that's when he should say, Thank you, Hashem, for removing, for passing off, right, for causing to remove the bonds of sleep from my eyes and slumber or drowsiness from my eyelids. May it be your will, and it goes on. And it's essentially the same as the text that we have. There's a few minor tweaks, but essentially that's the bracha that we say. Okay. Excuse me. All right. And Rav Moshe Sternbuch says, and in fact, you're really supposed to say this bracha only after you've washed your face or washed your eyes. So I don't know if you know, but when you wash Nagelwasser in the morning, so you wash your hands, right? You take a cup and you wash, you take, you fill it, you hold it with your right hand and you fill up the water and then you pass it to your left hand and use that to wash your right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand. According to the Vilna Gon, you wash each hand um, four times, not three times, but whichever it is, okay? Three times, four times on each hand. Then, before you actually dry them, you can take the water that's still on your hands and you use it to, like, clean your eyes, put some water on your eyes and on your mouth. Okay? So that's, that, this is the touching your face, touching your eyes, touching your face with water. Washing your face. All right. So what is this about? Um, 
there's a few a few pieces here that I want to like talk about. One is the meaning of the words. So there's obviously some different kinds of sleep going on here. I've got shena, which is sleepiness, and I've got taduma, which I translated as drowsiness, because um, probably more accurate. So there is the Ibn Ezra, which I brought here actually, as source number four, on the word tardema, which comes up in Torah in the second parak of Bereshis. Hashem is going to create woman. That's the bold verse here. Um, actually, it does not come here. Yeah. Vayapil Hashem Elohim. Good morning. Hashem Elohim, which is also an interesting thing here. Hashem Elohim is not the, the most common way the Torah describes Hashem. That's the creation of a whole world. Hashem Elohim caused to fall, tardema, a deep sleep, al ha'adam, on the person, on the man, vayishon, and he slept. Okay, so tardema, we'll talk about a little bit more, even though it's not really what we have here. Vayikach, um, and he took achas mitzalosav, one of his rib, ribs, vayiskor, and he closed basar tachtana, flesh underneath it. All right, so the Ibn Ezra says, what's tardema? Because here we have tardema and we have vayishan. God put tardema on him and he slept. So tardema is more than shena, is more than sleeping, and shena is more than tenuma. Shena, sleeping, is more than tenuma, which is more drowsing. Dozing, maybe, would be a good word. I wrote drowsiness, but it's, it's probably dozing is the word. I'll have to update these sheets there. But what would I say, doziness from my eyelids? I'm not sure. <laughs> drowsiness? I wrote drowsiness, but drowsy means you're really more awake. If you're dozing, you're asleep, but you're kind of awake. If you're drowsy, you're awake, right. but you're kind of asleep. So I'm not sure. All right, as long as we're going. So tenuma then... One thing we learned from here is tnuma is less than sleep. Okay, so we had here hamavir shena me'enai usnuma me'afa pai. The sleeping from my eyes and the tnuma, this dozing or drowsing, from my eyelids. It is a state between sleep and awake. And there's a description which I would not have known about, but Rav Schwab quoted it, which is source five in the Gemara and Psachim that describes nim v'lo nim tir v'lo tir. In other words, he's sleeping but not sleeping, awake but not awake. That would be identified as someone that if they called your name, you would answer. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when you're really deeply asleep, if someone says your name, you won't hear it right away. Right? Eventually it'll get through. It'll get through faster than other sounds. So this, I, I'll tell you halachically where I've heard. The only time halachically I've heard this mentioned was in a shear from Ruf Berkowitz was saying, what happens, you know, you're really tired and you go to hear Megillah's Esther, and you have to hear every word of Megillah's Esther. What happens if you realize you've, you've fallen asleep? So, you know, such things could happen. He says, if you were awake enough that if someone mentioned your name, you would have answered, then that's, you, that means the words went in. The words are still coming in and being processed by your brain. That's awake enough. Nobody's recommending that but you haven't missed the words, then we assume you heard all the words. You may not have processed them very well, but they did go in and you did hear them. Okay, so that's, that's the case that I know of where this definition of tenuma has like a halachic ramification there. Okay, it's so it's when, when you would, it's sleeping, but you're not really asleep, 
you would respond to your name if you heard it mentioned, even if it wasn't called out. All right. Um, Tardema, this is just like an interesting point. It said here that Hashem put on him a Tardema and he slept. Okay, and Tardema was something that was deeper even than sleeping. And Rav Hirsch says it's, um, it's a binding. The root of Tardema is Radam, and it means binding fast. And it's, it's the state when you're sleeping of being completely bound of your independence. It's something like what we would call anesthetized. So it doesn't mean that he wasn't, not in the sense of being unable to feel as much as unable to move. So it's interesting because I don't know how common knowledge this was a while ago, but when a person is sleeping in the deeper parts of your sleep, like when you're dreaming, your brain actually paralyzes you. Hello, good morning. Hi. Okay, so you are, there is like a natural paralysis that is sleep-based paralysis. Okay, and that's, that's good. That helps you. That keeps you from thrashing around when you're dreaming and acting out everything you think is happening. Okay, I, I once mentioned this in a shear, and it turned out that someone had actually experienced it and didn't know it was normal and was all freaked out. So I'm going to throw it out there again, not only for you, but whoever's listening and whoever you come across. But it can happen that a person wakes up and their sleep paralysis has not worn off yet. And there can be a delay. There can be a gap. And it's generally accompanied not only because it's scary not to be able to move, but apparently it's often also accompanied by a feeling of fear, meaning separate from the fact, because there's some people who have this frequently, which is usually part of narcolepsy. Narcolepsy is a sleep disorder. But people can also have it just as a one-off once or twice in their life. And so I throw it out there now because since it has come up in the past, like it is reassuring to know that it passes. It's like it got unaligned in some way, but after a minute or two, it fades off and then the person can move again. And it's actually how we really normally are when we're sleeping, right? When people don't have that, they can end up sleepwalking, right? You can have disorders. There's other, yeah, there's other, the opposite happens where you have people that are actually quite violent. While yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeping, and they're really they deeply know, asleep and right? their body will keep moving. So that's not normal, right? right? The norm mm -hmm. is actually to have that. That's, that's how Rav Hirsch translates tardema. Okay. This state that is deeper than just shena, than just sleeping, <coughs> is the complete binding of the body. Okay, that, that not, not perfectly free to move. All right. Shana, he says, now Shana is interesting because that word is associated, I don't, if, sometimes you can come across it and if you're not expecting it, you don't know without a lot of context what word you're talking about because there are a lot of words and roots that are associated with the same thing. So you have, for example, Shana is sleeping. Shani is the number two. Lishanot is to change. Right? Lashanot can also be to review, to go over something again, which is associated with the number two. Um, Lashon is language. Shana is a year. There are a lot of words that stem out. This is like a big parent family somehow, this Shana. So just to cover, just want to touch on some of those. Um, oh, another example of it, which you can see, I think I put it on here, it's probably on the back. In ha oh, no, you know what? It's not in this version of it. It comes, it comes and goes. All right. Um, Ishon, 
means the dark part. So you can have Ishon Lila, which is the darkest part of the night, or Ishon Ha'ayin, right, which is the pupil of the eye, is also that. So here's what he says. He says the basic meaning of this root, of this like Yud Shin Nun, is old, black, dark. So he says, so what's the common theme here? Because old is not the same as black. Black is not the same as, I mean, black and dark, I guess, are associated. But like, okay, so I can get that review and oldness would be connected because it's something I've seen before. The number two and oldness, again, like it's a repetition. There's something repeated. What he says is that it's being darkened. It's without sparkle, without light. In other words, a decrease in sparkliness or vitality that's the common theme of the words with this root <coughs> it didn't occur to me to ask there's also shane which is a tooth i don't know what the connection is <coughs> i'm trying to remember if we came up to it in shema i mean we got up to it but if we i don't remember i don't remember what the connection is so he says it means to lose sparkle strength freshness with sleeping it's the condition of being asleep and languid meaning having less vivacity that loss of vivacity, maybe not permanent, that's described with the Yud Shid Nun root. Just like a very interesting pulling together of these different ideas. And Tardema is the being fettered, the being held down by it. All right. Well, one, when we're sleeping, it's 160th death. Yeah. So that's. It's definitely a that, loss of vitality right, right? there, even yeah, if it's returned to us. It's like the same. It, right. It, it actually is going yeah. to get very interesting because in Kriyashma Alhamita, which is which I did bring the bracha of Hamapil on the other side. Okay, so the bracha of Hamapil, if you listen to it in that context, right? And you realize it's almost exactly the same words you say in the morning. In the morning, we say thank you for passing sleep off of my eyes and drowsiness off of my eyelids. And at night we say, Hashem who hamapil, who causes to fall upon me, the bonds of sleep on my eyes and slump, um, drowsiness on my eyelids. It's like exactly the opposite. One is thanking Hashem for bringing sleep off of my eyes, and one is thanking Hashem for putting sleep onto my eyes. So we're going to touch on that later. That's not really so much right now. But um, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, the first time I realized that, that was like, I never noticed. As strange as that might sound. Okay, a lot of women are not accustomed to saying hamapil because you go for years and years and years where like you can't say hamapil and then go to sleep. Because yeah, you say hamapil. And then, well, it's not just that it's too long. It's that theoretically you're supposed to actually just no, go to sleep. Like you're not talking, you're not ready. No, it's too long between saying it and going to sleep. Yeah, and going to sleep. Exactly. Or like you start to fall asleep and then somebody calls you and then there's a, like... There's always something, right? Or you don't know, is this the time I'm going to bed for the night? Like if you're up every three hours for months, right? Like is it is it the seven o'clock going to sleep, the ten o'clock going to sleep, the one o'clock? Like when do you say a mop, right? So we can tend to get out of the habit of it, but it's actually amazing that there's a perfect correspondence here to a bracha when you're waking up in the morning and the bracha when you're going to bed at night, which is also very interesting. So Which is probably why um Purim, if you have to listen to you have to listen to the Megila. <laughs> seems like you're given a little bit of leeway if you're kind of sleeping. Right. As long as you're basically <laughs> right. awake, the fact that, like, your eyelids kept shutting. But it's risky because at some point you realize, I missed some, right? And then, you know, yeah. Okay. So, 
the first, now, now we want to start to say, well, hang on, what is the basic meaning of this bracha? And it's not so easy, because if the basic meaning of the bracha is thank you for waking me up, then I'm stuck with how come the first part of the bracha is thank you for making me not sleepy, and the second part of the bracha is all about, like, help me do what's right and not do what's wrong. Okay, because this vihi ratzon is the end of the same bracha. It's one bracha. Okay, so what we talked about before is the yaivitz complaining that printers leave a space where there shouldn't be one. So if you look like at the way it's written, even in the Gemara, it's one bracha. It goes straight through. You don't say amen after me'afapai if you hear someone make this bracha, only after hagoma chasadim tovim lamo Israel. That is a single bracha. So then how do I understand how it's all one bracha? So Avu Darham says, what the meaning is, is that we're saying, thank you for fully wakening me so that I am ready now. Like now I'm all the way awake, right? I splashed water on my eyes. Now I'm ready to go out into my avoda Hashem, whatever my avoda is for the day. So thank you for fully rousing me to be able to do my avoda. Okay, it's like an okay answer. It's, I think, still missing a piece for us, or at least for me. Um, but that's, that's kind of the beginning of it. So I'm heading into my day, so, like, I want support for that. So I'm thanking Hashem for that support and also opening my eyes, making me more alert, maybe recognizing what my choices are, right? So when my eyes are more awake and alert and I'm not sleepy, I'm paying attention to what's going on around me and I can make choices, which starts to echo the beginning of this series of brachos, right, the person who can tell the difference between night and day, that we're paying attention to it. Um, well, so, <coughs> I, just back, I think it was last week we talked about, like, why you say the bracha, like, later on, like, it's... It, yeah, it's also, you still have this question here, right? Like, the similar question. Bit, it seems more, to me, like, okay, but you're awake now, so now you have the opportunity to thank Hashem, because... Yeah, Not in this, in but it is similar state. to the last question, meaning if I'm saying last week's question where we said, but like, shouldn't that be the first thing when I woke up? Why is it here at the end? So we're, we are going to touch on okay. it. Yeah. Um, the Imre Noam, who was a student of the Gura, kind of phrases it this way. He says, thank you for making my eyes fully awake, and the rest of the bracha is asking for his support in what we're looking at. Even though it doesn't mention the eyes, this idea of don't draw me after my Yitzhahara, after sin, after what's bad, but rather push me toward that which is good and serving you is a way of saying, help me with my eyes. Eyes are very difficult to control, and you can't just walk around with them closed all the time. So thank you for opening my eyes, but at the same time, I'm saying, Hashem, please help me use them wisely. Help me see things that will help me go in the direction of serving you and not see things that are going to drag me away from serving you. So that's also like an interesting thing. All right. So we mentioned the vihi ratzon. It's and yihi ratzon because it's all one bracha. So it does, it connects one into the other. It is not a separate bracha. And there's an interesting process here which... I mentioned the fact that this is a bracha arichta, meaning it starts with Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech <coughs> 
And it ends with Baruch Ata Hashem HaGomel Chasadim Tovim Lamo Yisrael. And everything in the middle is a bracha. <coughs> okay. And the way a bracha arichta works is that the beginning of the bracha is a long description of praise or gratitude, and the closing is a concise summation of it. There's another thing about a bracha arichta, which is that it can be a bracha hasmucha lechevrita, which means a bracha that is connected or attached to its neighbor. So I usually use this example just because it's so familiar, um, which is Asher Yatsar and Elokai Neshama. The only problem with that is some people say them separately. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, okay, so I hear an uh-huh. Yeah. So let's use benching, another familiar example. In benching, the first bracha is, Baruch HaToshem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Hazanes HaOlam, Kulo Betuvo. Okay, we have our whole first bracha of benching. And it ends with, Baruch HaToshem Hazanes HaKol. Do you hear how that's that pattern, right? Baruch HaToshem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, and maybe a sentence or two or three sentences even, a whole paragraph of some sort of praise or thanks in detail, closing with Baruch HaToshem Hazanes HaKol. That's all one bracha. The second bracha of benching starts with Nodelecha Hashem Elokeinu and ends with Baruchata Hashem Al Haaretz Ve Al Hamazon. So it's also a bracha arichta, a long bracha, but where's its opening? There's no Baruchata Hashem Elokeinu Melchalam at the beginning, which means that this is not just a long bracha, it's a bracha that is attached to its neighbor. So it carries from the Baruchata Hashem Hazanes Hakol. It uses that to open its own bracha. It wasn't meant to stand on its own. Um, it means it's, it stands adjacent to its friend. Right. So you wouldn't just say no delacha by itself because it has no opening. There are some people who have a custom that before they say tefillah saderech, they eat something. Have you ever heard of this? Okay. I'm not saying this is what you have to do. But there are some people who always eat something first, make a bracha achrona, and then say tefillah saderech. Why? Because tefillah saderech is yihi ratzon. It ends with a bracha. Basically, it's a bracha that should be smucha lechevrta, but it doesn't have something it's naturally attached to. So they like to have it attached following something else. It's interesting, right? Okay, it's not, not just a sensitivity. Yeah, a bracha arichta always starts with baruch atashem lokeinam Not only that, the Gemara says... And we will get to this. Wow, it's a mystery later when you get to Shemun Esrei. Any bracha that doesn't have Baruch Hashem and the words Elokeinu Melech HaOlam is not a bracha. It doesn't, it's puzzle. It's not a bracha. Okay? So any long bracha that ends with Baruch Hashem, Hazanes HaKol, or let's see, what's the closing of... Um, okay, it's not a bracha if you don't have Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. So with a bracha smucha lechevrata, it's not a problem. It takes the Elokeinu Melech HaOlam from before the one... The one prior to it, okay? The, the tefillah saderach ends with baruch atashem shomeyatfila. So you need to have bracha, like theoretically, you should have a bracha before that had a lokeinu melech in it that it will ride on. Which was maybe okay. they, they handed out peanuts on the plane. Uh, maybe that's where the customer <laughs> handed out peanuts on plane started. That is really good. I like it. Snaps okay. All right. So once you know this pattern, you see it everywhere. All right. A bracha, okay, there's, I, there are indications in Rav Hirsch's writings that there are two ways that we can see this long series of little brachos, one after the other. They have a sort of dual nature. On the one hand, each of them stands alone. Each of them has shame and malchus, says Elokeinu Melech 
Um, if you need to stop and put some, you know, you could say, and then you can go and like put up breakfast and come back and then say, and go have a cup of coffee and come back and say, and have a conversation with someone and come back. You can do that. It's legal. Each bracha can stand on its own. On the other hand, they're really a set. And it's clear that they're a set. And they have a common theme running through them, which we've seen over and over, this kind of theme of recognizing our weaknesses and thanking Hashem both for the fact that we have them and for the strength and the tools he gives us to overcome them, to be able to draw close to him, right? They all tie into Gan Eden. They all tie into our teshuva and our coming close to him and our, our gratitude for that. So... This set of birchos hashachar have like a dual nature. On the one hand, it's a lot of separate brachos followed by a bracha arichta. And on the other hand, you can sort of see them all as a, as a series of connected brachos that are attached. Which helps us understand how when we come to the end, there's a little bit of a, of a hint of the beginning where we started with Hashem giving us the ability to distinguish between day and night, between good and bad. Hashem opening our eyes, right? That ability to have free choice, to have mitzvahs. We see how we've come back to the beginning at the end because that's what a long series of brachos should always do. It should always connect from the beginning to the end. Now, we'll just see here. I saw a beautiful answer. I do not see, it may be his own answer, I don't know. This is Rabbi Munk in the world of prayer. He addresses the question, although he doesn't state the question, um, what does hamavir me'enai usnuma me'afapai have to do with the second part in the Yehi Ratzah, which is about Hashem, please help me do good and not bad. He said, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, the sleep of the godless, this is, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't look up the original source, it's 71b. I and Aleph Amud Beis, the sleep of the godless is a benefit for themselves and for the world. That's a scary thing to have said about somebody. Somebody for whom, when they're sleeping, it's a, it's a gift. For somebody who, when they're sleeping, better for them, better for the rest of the world. It's not really the nicest thing to have no, said about somebody. Not. Right? Like, you know what? Why don't you just sleep? <laughs> As the longer, the better. That's right. We're all better off while you're sleeping because you're not causing. I used to sin. say that about one of my kids. Uh oh, <laughs> in his teenage it. years. <laughs> he's, he's great now. But. I'm glad. Right. See now he can say his bracha yeah, wholeheartedly. Right. So he says. So what we're thanking Hashem when we're saying thank you for waking us up. It starts with thank you for taking the sleep away from my eyes. Thank you for thinking it's worthwhile. That there's a benefit to me and the world to waking me up. And therefore, help me do good and not do bad. Like, please help it, be, help it, help me that it should be that my waking is better than my sleeping. All things being considered. It's kind of a scary thought, actually. I guess when we want to go back to sleep, it's good to think that way. It's good like, to remember, right, it is a very encouraging thing to think, you know what? 
God woke me up because there's a value to my being awake. I'd rather be a person who's worth having awake. Mm. It's, it's nice, right? It's I'm nice to be a person. I'm not sure what to think because I was just telling Mickey. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me the last few weeks. I just need 10 hours of sleep. I like, cannot manage. It's I used probably to physical. Five, right? six, seven, no problem. Even, you know, whatever. I, I just, I cannot manage. Like at, a, at early at night, I'm falling asleep very early and I, I just sleep it's the humbling. whole night. So crazy. It's humbling. So I'm thinking maybe God wants no, no, no. to sleep. No, no, no. God forbid. God like, forbid. I was just telling him, I don't know what's going on. He does crazy thing. Stage. I thought when you get older, you sleep less. But <laughs> Not hours. quite at that stage yet. I don't um, so. You know, look, one of the things that we can do when we're going to sleep, and we talked about this in the past, is going to sleep and seeing the, in the Jewish day the night before the day, right? So that our night is a preparation for the day, not a recuperation from the day. So if when you go to sleep, your night is the preparation for the day, then you turn your whole sleeping into an avoda as well. And that's like, yeah, that's like, it happens to be a very, it's a very deep idea. I mean, I just kind of like threw it out now, but it's a very deep idea. Rav Hirsch has like a beautiful approach on this. I think it's probably under Vayhi Era Vayhi Voker of the first day, mm-hmm. this idea of why is the night before the day. And, um, and in the Beis HaMikdash, it's the opposite. And, but this is like, it, our lives essentially are like that. Since Gan Eden, the night comes before the day. The struggle, the darkness, the sort of like, what possible benefit am I achieving in this state <laughs> comes before the sense of, oh, I can see what I'm doing and look at how it's going and I can see my progress. All right, now, what I, what I wanted to do now is a little different than usual. And let me run through it a little quickly. But I felt that this piece from, from Schwab was so incredible that instead of summarizing it, I wanted to actually read it with you. Um, it, it's incredible because it is an unbelievable foundation for a sense of what does it mean to be a Jew. And I think that... Especially, uh, personal, let me say, to, speaking of myself, I'm a pretty liberal person. So when I was growing up, if I would hear, it's like a certain type, you know, and I would hear this sort of like attitude of like Jews are better than non-Jews, and it made me feel very uncomfortable. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Aren't there non-Jews who are really good? Aren't there Jews who are really not so good? And it took me a lot of years of learning, and not, not specifically learning with an eye to this, just learning in general and seeing things before I came to develop a sense of what it means to feel like there's something very special about being chosen to be a Jew. It is a very special role. And I feel like this piece from Rav Schwab is an awesome, awesome statement and a kind of a a nice foundation for that. It's also helpful to understanding our bracha. So it starts with, I put this little posted flag. And what he's talking about is this pasuk, which I put in bold. It's uh, source number three in Bereshis. Okay. Hashem Elohim brought a very deep sleep on Adam, and he slept, and Hashem took one of his ribs and closed the flesh underneath him. And God built the rib which he had taken from Adam into a woman, and he brought her to Adam. And Adam said, this is a bone of my bone, this is flesh of my flesh, we'll call her Isha because she is from a man. Okay. Bombshell. The Pasuk never says he woke up. 
That, that's really a bombshell. Okay? Rav Schwab says, look at what the Torah said. Hashem put Adam into a very deep slumber. Adam slept. While he was sleeping, he has surgery. This woman is now cloned, cultured, whatever, into another, another creature, another person, separate from him. God brings her, and Adam says, great, will you marry me? And they go off into a for better or for worse situation, right? Tor never says he woke up. That's odd. I mean, or not. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you say Shir Hamalos on Shabbos, right? So the Shir Hamal, you know what the source is for Shir Hamalos on Shabbos before benching. Okay. So really the custom is to say Al Naharos Bavel before benching. Right? On the rivers of Babylon, we wept. But on Shabbos, we don't want to think of something so sad, generally. So in order to fulfill, basically, the custom of Al-Naharos Bavel, what we do is we say, Shir Hamalos. We say, there will come a time when we'll be redeemed. And that's a kind of a backhanded way and a more upbeat way of remembering the fact that, in fact, we're in Gullus. Okay. So one of the things we say is, when Hashem returns the captives of Zion, we will have been as dreamers. We will have been dream. We will have been hayinu. We were like people who were dreaming. So what happens when you're dreaming? When you have a dream, we may not get to this, Rav Schwab. When you have a dream, you have an experience that is intensely real. The feeling of it is that it is real. It is actually happening to you. To the extent that it is reassuring to know that when you have a nightmare, it's a kapara. You should know, like, it's not all bad. It's a kapara. It's something that you had to experience a certain feeling and really experience it. And yet, what happens when you wake up? It dissipates so quickly. You often don't even remember it. Even if you remember it, trying to think about it, it'll fade away. And you're like, oh, it wasn't real. Even though you felt it, you're so relieved that the state you felt it in was the dream state because it dissipates so quickly, it's not actual. And yet you really experienced it. So there is a kapara, and yet it's so much easier than having whatever it was you actually dreamt about in the nightmare, it's really better having it in the sleep than having to have actually experienced it. Pick your nightmare, you know? It's really much better than actually experiencing it, right? Whatever it is, the falling elevator, the trying to get away from the dog, whatever it is you're trying to do in your dream, much better in a dream. Not that we want nightmares either, we don't. Okay, when we are redeemed, when Hashem reveals his Shechina in the world, when Mashiach is here, we are going to look back on thousands of years of Galos and terrible suffering, real suffering, that we really experienced, and we're going to say it was a dream. It was a dream doesn't mean we didn't really feel it intensely, but it will dissipate completely and we will see that it wasn't actually real. It was the state we were in. And there's a new reality where that is just not so. That's a great joy. That's a big relief to get to that state. Okay. Dream. <laughs> okay. is Khan, there is a hint here. Ki'ilu ha'adam adayin nirdam. It's as if the Torah is saying to us, Hashem put Adam to sleep 
and we're still kind of in a deep sleep. He's not saying we're actually, right? He's saying, the Torah is kind of saying to us, mankind is still asleep. Behainu shaklapes chus, I'm sorry. Hadas ubehirus hasagaso shahaisalo adam harishon. That as compared, I'm sorry, not zakus, zakus hadas, with the clarity of knowledge and the clarity of grasping that the first Adam Harishon had, at the time of his creation, kodem ha before the sleep was put upon him, compared to how Adam experienced the world before God put him to sleep, Adam and all of his descendants, us, are as if we are deeply still immersed in a spiritual slumber. Virak Klal Yisrael, it is only the nation of Israel, his Oreru, who have been awoken, not completely, Mihatardema, from this deep sleep, Haruchonis, the spiritual sleep, the Ace Omdom Lifne Har Sinai, when we stood before God at Har Sinai, the Kiblu Torah, and received the Torah, and merited to have revelation of God that was the, the greatest that has been since before that first sleep of Adam. Why did you say not completely? Um, because he's going to go on oh, to say. Okay. He's, okay. So we had the greatest possible awakening that has happened so far was at Har Sinai. So all the Jewish people were standing at Har Sinai and had a revelation, right? And that is in fact called by Chazal, that is the state of Adam HaRishon before the sin. You may have heard that idea, right? When we stood at Har Sinai, we reached a level of Adam HaRishon before the sin. In light of this, we can, in light of this, we can understand the last bracha of the morning brachos. Hamatcheles, that begins with that you pass, cause sleep to pass and slumber from my eyes. And then the bracha goes on and continues talking about Torah and Avodas Hashem. And it concludes Hashem who does good chesed to his nation Israel. Asher lechora. Kula mikshahi. What, like, what is, how is this all one body? Aleph. Hine bracha zohi sheva hamasha nesora mehashena. The bracha seems to be praise for the fact that we woke up in the morning from sleeping. Which should be the first thing that a person is praising for each and every day. All his other activities should only follow after waking up from sleep. So why did Chazal place this bracha at the end? After he's already fully awake. And we've already given thanks for a lot of things, including activities like putting on my clothes, putting on my belt, putting on a head covering. Bays, second of all, ma inyan, what is the concept? Like, what's the idea? What does the Yihiratzon stuff have to do with the beginning of the bracha? Gimel, third, kosha chasimas habracha is a question about the closing of the bracha. Hagomel chasadim tovim la'amo Yisrael, who does good kindness to his nation Israel. 
וכי רק לעמו ישראל גומר לחסד, שיקוצו ויסרו משינסם? Is it only to Jewish people that Hashem does the chesed of waking them up after they sleep? Right? It's sort of that same question we had. We have this group of brachos that are specific to the Jewish people. What is so specific to the Jewish people about the waking up part? Halo kol b'ruei mata, everything created below. Yeshlem tenuma v'sheina u'misarim be'ofen t'midi. We have a constant process of falling asleep, waking up. Okay. Lulei demas tefina. Without what we said before, we would think that this bracha is only talking about waking up from physical sleep. But we already thanked God for that. We thanked him for returning our soul to us. We thanked him for opening our eyes. He says, no, in this bracha, just like when the previous bracha was, giving us strength, it was spiritual strength for spiritual fatigue. This is thanking God for, the, for meriting to be awoken from our spiritual slumber. All the rest of the human species, they're still sunk in the slumber. They're still deeply asleep. And what was the means for our being awakened, receiving the Torah? So this is the place, to become verbose. Please merit us to do the Torah, to learn Torah, and to keep the Torah. Because that is the awakening from the slumber, from the spiritual slumber. And we close the bracha in the same way we started it. Who does good chesed to wake us up from spiritual sleep? La'amo Yisrael davka. Specifically, this is something to the Jewish people, and this is what we daven for. B'tfilas uvalatzion, in the tefila of uvalatzion, at the end of davening, he ratzon milfanecha v'nizke v'nichya v'nira v'nirash tovo v'racha. May we merit to live and see and inherit good and blessing, where the word v'nira that we should see blessing. A little hard to understand. Sarach beir. Have to explain it. But according to what we have said, we could explain we should be able to see Tova and Bracha. In other words, we shouldn't be blind. The Ivrim, blinded. One is cortical blindness, one is physical blindness, right? In spiritual matters, look in Bracious Rabbah, Parshan and Gimel Yadalid, God opened her eyes. Amar Rabbi Binyamin. What does Rabbi Binyamin say? We this is a common one for losing lost objects, right? Hakol Kasumin. Everyone is Bechaz Kasumin. Everyone can be considered. The assumption is everyone's blind. Until God illuminates their eyes. We are pleading with God. Please open our eyes that we can see and understand and grasp your supervision of the world. Illuminate our eyes with Torah. Let us not be like the nations of the world. Who are basically groping in darkness because they don't know. This is a very different and I think graspable approach to feeling grateful for being Jewish right that I've had a glimpse of light 
Let us be able to see. They're having to stumble and do all of their actions out of a place of darkness and slumber. The And even though it has been a very long time and a lot of generations since that lofty moment when we stood before Harsinai, we have fallen awesomely. We have be- our hearts have become much smaller and our eyes of our intellect have become blinder, if that's a word, more blind. And with the great burden we've been carrying of galus, it's, it's holding us back. Nonetheless, hatarim er yashan yachasim heim. Awake, alertness and sleepiness are relative. Just like one who can see versus one who is blind. Like Hashem says, who put a mouth in a person? Who makes a person able to speak or able to see? Halo anochi Hashem, is it not me, God? Right, obviously, compared to Moshe Rabbeinu, all of us are basically blind. We're all blemished. The kamokain talui shem er. Like, but compared to someone who's sleeping, we may be awake, we may be alert. Compared to someone who never was awake, we're definitely more alert. I think a mushal for this, I don't remember if he says it, it's like if we're out in the darkness of night and there's a lot of us together and there was a burst of lightning. Somebody who saw the light is not as blind as someone who didn't, even if we're all in the dark. There is a difference. Okay. And Hashem, when we say a, a gratitude, every single Jewish person is obligated to praise the master of all, who took the bonds of sleep from my eyes. We're thanking God for something really more than just waking up in the morning. And I think, I mean, any of us who's even sitting in a shear, <laughs> really, we, I, I, there's, we can't say, oh, I have the merit, like I did something. It's a gift that Hashem gave us any ability, any moment of awareness to realize there's a Torah that we could be learning from, that our lives are different, that he has taken us out of the deep slumber, spiritual slumber, that encompasses the general species of humans. And I heard in the name of a great gadol, mashal, a mashal to which this can be compared. I'm sorry I'm going over time. Such a fundamental piece. To a place, a, a home for people who have been blind from birth. That there came there a, an expert doctor, Vihichris, and announced, who announces that he has the ability to do an operation for whoever wants to, who they'll be able to regain their sense of sight, but the effic- efficacy of the surgery will only last for a single day. Afterward, whoever has the surgery becomes blind again. So the blind people 
said, no, thank you, we're not going to take you up on the surgery. You know, there's risk to surgery. And it's only going to be temporary. Maybe I'll feel worse afterward, you know, I'll know what I was missing. Levad echad mehem. But there was one of them, He wanted at least to be able to see for one small hour. So he underwent the surgery. Bekumo, when he woke up, ra'a olam umloo. He got up and he saw a world and everything in it, the way it stands, the, the colors, the way things relate to each other. He suddenly understood the existence of... of angles. It can mean angles, it can mean gradations, like that there's different shades of things, depths, yeah. He was emotionally moved by, by the different faces on people. He got a clear understanding of what the world is really like. And even though afterward, little by little, he lost this sense of sight. He didn't lose the concepts. He didn't lose the understanding and the fact that he could change his actions based on his knowledge of what the world was really like, even though he couldn't see it now. To the extent that the others appointed him as their leader. Because if you want to choose what's the right thing to do, you want someone who has a better grasp of what the world is really like. Hanimshal, what's the nimshal? Even though it's possible that for some of the Jewish people or all, we have had a return to a state of slumber. And a blindness of the intellect has been able to rule over us, haklalis shal olam hazeh, which is the general case in the world, mikol makom, nonetheless, hare kulam ra'u, we all saw, as Jews, hezgalus Hashem b'maymet har Sinai, the revelation of God at maymet har Sinai, the adayin rashumo nikar bahem, and the impact of that is still recognizable on us and known to us. Lehisnaked, to behave our actions are different because we had a revelation it's true that we're back in the dark but we had a revelation we are a, ta- a beacon of light a lighthouse right? or a light to the nations because of that experience so thanks for sticking with me till the end ah, thank that's you so what made you feel better you're about the uh, it's, it's, it's this approach in general. Yeah, not only this, but this approach in general. I mean, what does that mean to be a Jew? What is the privilege of it? What is it? Is it something, oh, I'm so proud I'm Jewish? I, I can't say it's exactly pride in the sense that it's used in today's terms. But it's something I cherish. It's something that is such an incredible gift. To have that, to, to realize that, and to have it expressed in these terms is so... Thanks for being with me. It's worth seeing inside. Yeah. Have a good week.